It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This bonus episode, titled Where's Your Beards, <laughs> originally aired on Patreon on August 27th, 2020. Enjoy. Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts, John Swan and Ken Milam, for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive. This is not part of the podcast. Uh, oh, never mind. I'm not going to say that either. Okay, so press and record. I'll tell you that story. Okay. Some other time. <laughs> That'll be a story for another day. <laughs> okay. Now, I don't know if this young lady was, I don't know if she is a patron or not here on Patreon. Um, but I do know that she is a listener to the main segment show, the ra- the original Hive Jive show, mm-hmm. and she's just starting off. She's not terribly that far along, but she did finally come across something on social media where she actually got to see both of us, and she sent us a message. She had a question, but the whole first half of her message was along the lines of what she thought <laughs> we looked like. <laughs> <laughs> Let me uh, let me pull this up because this was funny. Um, and this one was like, I was immediately, instead of answering questions, I was like, wait a minute, what? Who's that? So she says, it's a little, it's a little discombobulated the way that it actually came through. Um, she says, I believe it's going to be pronounced Asha. It's A-S-H-A. So she says, hello, I'm Asha from Michigan. First, I didn't expect you to look how you actually do. I was expecting um, a lot more beard from both you and Ken. Laugh out loud. Um, (laughs) I've just started mowing down through the old podcast of you guys, and I have a few questions. But then I'm going to jump to the last part of this, so I'm going to skip her question here specifically. Um, She says, uh, honestly, though, you do sound like a better version of Jeff Foxworthy. Laugh out loud. (laughs) And... So I responded back, and I was like, so what are you trying to say? You thought we all look like the blokes from Duck Dynasty? And I sent her, like, three gifs of the guys from Duck Dynasty with their big old gnarly beards and stuff. And uh, she said, well, yeah, actually, that last picture is kind of how I imagined Ken looked like. Not going to (laughs) lie. And then uh, she says, I thought you looked more like a Tim Wilson, um, but with a longer beard. And I was like, okay, one moment. I have to look up who Tim Wilson is because I have no idea who that is. is. And... uh, and then I said, I've got to decide whether or not I'm offended by that comment before I respond to you. <laughs> um, and then I looked him up and I was like, okay, so he's not he's not a bad looking dude. Um, definitely way older than I am. But <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, since how you're just basing things on voices, I, I will not take offense to that. <laughs> she says we're a couple of rednecks. Yep. Yeah, she was uh, really thinking that, that that redneck was a purebred Duck Dynasty redneck, apparently. Um <laughs> <laughs> so well, I'm gonna make do. mead. Well, you know. Yeah, one mead. of these days I'll make mead. <laughs> Trash can, bathtub, you know, moonshine. That would be more along the lines of of some of those looks. But uh, but yeah. So anyhow, that was the that was kind of the the fun little little conversation that I had yesterday. That one was through Facebook, I believe, <laughs> uh, where we were having that little powwow. So anywho. Um, you were asking me some questions on the phone yesterday, 
and uh, decided that you should potentially table them for this bonus episode. Do you remember what they were? Is that uh, when I was asking about all the Ultra B and all of that was talking about we need to be feeding? Uh, that that was part of it, I think. And then uh, um, mm-hmm. the answer to that question, yes. Uh, we It is the last part of August, so we can go ahead and start feeding and start ramping up that fall brood production My for bees the winter are crazy bees. crazy how, how they're going. Out. You know what really got me knowing they needed feed is when I was going out and feeding the uh, the chickens, and I was dumping the feed into the the big container. You know, it, it put about 15 pounds into that feeder. The bees. Kicks up all the dust. Inside, rolling in the feed, the chickens were eating it out of the trough. And I'm sitting there, I'm taking care of both of my animals, <laughs> my insects, insects and my animals. But the bees yep. get in there and just roll in it and they fly off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when there is, that is one good way to know when there is no protein available for them in nature is if you do have other livestock, the bees suddenly show up and find the the dust and the powder that's either in the trough or in the bag or where the bags are kept and uh, suddenly it's full of bees and they're just frolicking and rolling in all the powder and dust and balling it up and taking it back to the hive yep yeah i think your other question was about i don't know if it was i don't remember a lot's happened in the last 12 hours, apparently. I go to sleep yesterday when I was talking to you. So. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> oh, I, got, I got to get up early. So, uh, but uh, were we talking about the queens? If we ought to be, you know, if we ought to be queening, because we talked about so much. Uh, should we be going to the younger queens to uh, keep, the, keep the hives where they want Swarm? That was actually that was actually what I thought you were going to ask me on Monday's segment when you you initially mentioned the queens, but then we ended up not segueing back over into that. But so the the thing that Max that really got Max up and going and wanting to do the fall splits and do the new queens in the fall is because that he had seen out there that if you have a new queen, I know what you're yeah, talking you about. <laughs> you gonna let me finish? Are you gonna yeah, go? go. <laughs> you got me thinking. Um, man. If you have the the new queen and you put her in in the fall, then that next spring, your colony is going to hit the ground running, explode very quickly, and not swarm, quote-unquote, based on some of the things that he has seen and read out there. Now, the reality of that, though, is that what actually happens is the colony can still swarm, but a brand-new queen that is fully mated and freshly mated, that first year of her life, she is extremely prolific. She puts out a ton of pheromones and she lays a ton of eggs, which makes your colony grow very quickly. And they are, and this is the key, this is the most important part, they are less likely Mm -hmm. to swarm with a brand new first year queen than they are as the queen gets older. Because as she gets older, her pheromone production kind of tapers off a little bit. The size of the colony actually has also grown too. And you can wind up in these situations where they swarm. Now, however, I can say for a fact I have watched a colony swarm more than twice, sometimes three or four times in a single season. And other than the very first initial swarm, every other one of those swarms was a brand new queen. And she was mated and she laid for about a month and then they were crowded again and away they went. So it can 
happen. And it, it is it is not just the queen that controls that. It is how much space do they have? How much open comb do they have? How much food do they have? And how many bees do they have? All of those things have to be added into that equation to see if the final outcome is time to swarm or okay, we're fine. Okay. Now I know what I need to ask you. If I have some big swarms that come in on me, when you start, we started talking swarms. If, if I had some big swarms and I have some packages that are not as big, and I'm not sure if they're gonna if they're gonna make it through this next winter, can I take the queens out of the big swarms, put the queen out of in the package? that was the package or the smaller smaller colony take her put her in a queen cage put the big the big swarm and eight frame mine's all eight frame stuff set it on top newspaper well put a newspaper slit it a little bit set that box on top let them go down into the box that the queen is in and it's a smaller colony can I work, can I blend the colonies that way, even though it's the larger colony on top, not on the bottom? Technically, yes. Um, you can do that. The downside, though, is that that larger colony is going to be the one that is trapped up top, and they're going to have a lot of mouths, and they will chew through that newspaper way faster than if that was a reverse scenario. Um the the other thing that you and I talked about when you brought that up was if you are intent and determined on keeping the queen that is in the small colony because you paid for her, mm-hmm. um, you need to put her in a queen cage or a push-in cage so that that other colony, when they do rip through that newspaper in a matter of hours or a day, um, they don't get down there and attempt to kill her. So the first thing you've got to do is go through the swarm if you're going to get rid of that queen You've got to go through the swarm, which is now a colony because you put it into a box. So find that queen and offer. She's got to go away. Yeah. And then then you turn around and go ahead and stack that up on top of that other colony. Have the other colony's queen in a cage so that when they do get through there and they come out to orient and everything and do their orientation flights um, on the new location, they don't also ball up on the queen and try to kill her. So that way... You can do that process, leave them set up like that, and then they'll go through, they'll make their way through the newspaper, they'll pick up some of the pheromone, but not not as much because they're going to get through that paper way quicker. Um, then they're going to come out down through there, they're going to come out, it's all going to be different, everything's changed, so they should orient on that new location. And then once they've done that, then you're still going to leave them there for about a week before you go through and try to open it up and do anything to it. Mm-hmm. So when you do that part, you then go open it up and you can reconfigure the the colony because that little colony may only have two or three viable frames, but the swarm being newer and just showing up may only have two or three viable frames. So you're going to take all the viable frames and put them into the same box and then fill up your your space with those drawn comb like we talked about on the main segment and then do away with one of the boxes. Okay. Um, and then... At that time, you can then also let the queen go because she will have been trapped in that cage for a week. And that hopefully would have been plenty of time for them to go through and get used to her um, and make sure that everything is okay on that. Okay. Was that what I was supposed to ask? 
That was what, yeah, that that's kind of, I think that was part of it. The other thing that you were talking about and worried about was mites, which is oh, yeah, I've got a lot something of mites, that we, yeah, we touched on that on the, the main segment too, that this is the time to really go through and be checking on mites. And one of the things that had kind of got you was that Max had recently caught a swarm and apparently that swarm was just hella infested with mites. Yeah, it was. Yeah. No, it is. So, so we, in fact, we've taken the cage or the swarm trap. We've already, it, it had uh, two boxes, uh, had eight frames in it, and we've already froze. The, well, we just put the traps into the freezers and just froze them. I mean, we hadn't pulled them out yet. And then put the, the swarm into a fives box nuke and consequently it's over there probably hitting the the pile in the ultra b like uh everything else is and they're all jumping off onto the other so we're gonna probably have to hop guard everybody or check them and see what we got and then then make uh our minds up if we're going to do hop guard or probably be hop guard too yeah yeah that's uh, for for right now Unless you guys want to attempt the oxalic acid drip and or vaporizer, HopGuard is, is kind of your better option. Now, it takes forever, honestly. The efficacy of it is not super great, but based on temperature constraints and things like that, um, it is kind of one of the only options that you can do for your situation and our heat. So you can put the HopGuard on there. You leave it. You put two strips in to a eight to 10 frame box, you leave it for 14 days, then you take those two strips out, put two more strips in, leave it for another 14 days. So 28 days later, an entire month later, um, you're done treating, but your colony continues on with life during that process. Um, they continue to grow, they continue to lay eggs, they continue to do all their stuff. So, but it will at least try to kind of keep them in check. Now that's not to say though that Prior to winter, you uh, you don't need to do a late fall, maybe formic acid treatment if there's still an insane amount of mites that the hop guard did not get rid of. So um, it just kind of depends on that. But, but yeah, that's definitely something that needs to be done. And this is one of those scenarios when it comes to mites, especially if you know there's a mite problem, you've seen them on the bees, things like that. You need to take action ASAP. It is not a thing that you can wait two or three weeks to do. Because depending on the mite loads and depending on everything else that's going on, your colony is already shrinking. There's then way more mites to bees and then the diseases spread like wildfire and that colony can end up collapsing within a month. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It can be a tragic and sad event for sure. So, on that depressing note. Um, Do you know what I found out? If you get I'm afraid stung, to ask if, if that's you what get your stung, segment is. If you get stung, what's one of the best things to put on the sting? Well, old school um, apothecary grandpa, like knowledge wise, is tobacco. Honey. No, you well, I know that's the, that's put you it just on spit there. on it, but no, you put honey on it. That is a that is an old thing, you know, old timey. Um, oh, yeah, you spit on everything. Back in the day. No, no, not not the spit, the actual tobacco. Yeah, I know, but um, yeah. yeah, back in the day, my dad did used to chew, and it was disgusting. And um, that was one of the things my brother got stung on the foot by a wasp, and his whole foot swelled. Get over here, boy! So, I'm gonna spit on you. 
No, it's not the spit. It literally, like, you put the chew in your mouth, and then they got it all wet, and then you take that whole wad of chew out, and you pack it on top of there like a salve, and then you wrap it. So it's literally the wet tobacco itself. Does, is it a is it a draw out? Is it, is, is it a to draw the poison out or what? Supposedly, it's supposed to. But again, there's lots of supposedly's in here, and I would not recommend it because number one, you don't need that nasty stuff in your mouth. <laughs> Apologies to any listeners out there who chew, yeah, do chew. Um, I am terribly sorry if I have offended you, but my father did it, and my brother still does it, and it is disgusting. Yeah. And so. then, uh, now, a little between cheek and gum, I don't do that either. I, I did a long time ago, but I don't anymore. But, uh, eh, it's all nasty. Yeah. It's all nasty. Yeah. So, yes, honey is actually something that you can put on a sting. Um, it'll help cover up the pheromone, and it will help actually kind of dissipate it a little bit. So if you are somewhere where you do have access to the honey and you can put it on you, then, yes, you can do that. Um, however, if you're out in the bee field and there's a lot of bees that are already everywhere and you've gotten stung and, and you rake your that suit. stinger out <laughs> and then you, yeah, you try to, you have to either open up your suit to put the honey on the sting and, or you put the honey on and then the bees are just as interested in the honey and trying to clean it up off of you as they were the sting. So that can have its, uh, disadvantages as well. And I guess you'd probably make them tough, mean, mad when you stick your finger through the comb and dig out a big old wad of honey to rub on it. Possibly. I mean, you've already violated them in so many ways that day, so <laughs> probing their comb with your finger and getting the honey out of theirs, you know, just icing on the cake. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, or, or if you take your chaw and put your chaw on there, it'll help it make you feel better. Or if you just wipe a little bit of honey on there, it'll help too. Yeah, so says Papa. Yeah. We'll see, though. <laughs> and I'm going to have to clean up my beard, by the way. <laughs> yeah, dude, you need to shave. That's some straggly stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that was actually, that was funny. I was like, wait a minute, I don't know who these people are. Let me go look. Um, but the the first thing was just me being a smart aleck. And she was like, I thought you guys all had these big old long beards. And I was like, what do you mean, like Duck Dynasty? Like we're we're a bunch of... We we are we are Texas rednecks. There's a difference. Difference. There is a difference. <laughs> them, them them guys from a little east of us live in the swamps. Yeah, and they they do have beards. We don't we don't necessarily have beards. It's too damn hot out here. Um, some people do, some people don't, but we don't. And uh, yeah, and then the whole when she when she said I was that singer. Uh, musician. I was like, I don't know who that is. Let me go look that up. <laughs> now, Max says his beard is the greatest thing ever was because it keeps his veil. You know, when I get right and the veil comes up against my cheek or my chin, they sting. He says, well, Dad, you need to grow a beard. I don't ever get stung because his beard holds his veil away from him. Yeah, all that poofiness there keeps it pushed away from yeah. his chin. Oh, well, I'm not going to grow no beard. I grew one for a while. I look like Santa yeah. Claus. It turns white. Well, actually, that would kind of be me now, too. Mine is all kinds of different colored at the moment. Um, and it, uh, it it gets whiter every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the stress of all the other things we have to do in our lives. Um, it's the PTS, yeah, P, is PTSD. Yeah, PTSD of beekeeping. 
the PTSD. Well, it's it, it's not so much just the beekeeping. It's it's the stress from. Um, it's not post traumatic. It's ongoing stress syndrome <laughs> from everything else. <laughs> Roar mites and murder hornet and uh... <laughs> well, bee removals in 110 degrees and hanging off of roof ledges and and you know near misses and hard labor and then you know legal things that have to be dealt with at the state level for the beekeeping associations and the drama of covid and canceling of events and negotiations of contracts and the never ending story that is our lives at the moment <laughs> so 2020 um, 2020, the year that should be forgotten. You know what we're going to say? In 2021, we're going to say, yep, yeah, 2020 this was 2020. <laughs> yep. That's all we'll say. Yeah, 2020, 2020 was the year that got canceled. Yeah, pretty much. Let's just forget that one. We'll just skip over that one. Um, nothing happened that year. So, except for all the death and trauma and turmoil from the virus. But otherwise, everything else was canceled because of all the death and turmoil and trauma from the virus. So... Yeah. And then the uh, dirt that I, we have and hard on the bees and just one of them deals. Yep, one of them deals. We, we'll blame it on COVID. We will. But with uh, some of these fun new little things that uh, we are now able to talk about that are in the works, I'm looking forward to the potential to do live shows. Yeah, it's going to um, be fun. And they can yep. see us and see that we ain't got beards. No, they can't. Oh, they can't. <laughs> Not yet. Okay. No, the the live show where the listeners can tune in and we can do like live listener questions does not have a video aspect to it. That oh, one is okay. just audio only. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Zoom that you and I were testing out yesterday, that is for interviews. Um, you know, we like I did the interview with Andrew, Andrew Cote um, on his new book. I did the interview with... Steve Jimenez for High for Heroes. Those were all Zoom interviews, and there is a video component to that. And for everybody here on Patreon, you all had the opportunity to actually go through and choose if you wanted just to listen to the audio version or if you actually wanted to watch the video version of the interview as well. So those are some of the fun things that we can do with Zoom. It's not live and interactive to the entire audience, but it is live for the people on the interview. So I can see you, you can see me, we can see the guest, and then we can all interact and talk. And uh, the video does an awesome job about switching the camera back and forth to whoever's presenting or speaking. Um, so that aspect is is fun, and that will be something that we will utilize going forward um, since how we can't, you know, have well, – I can't even be in the studio, let alone have guests. So yeah. we are finding our own ways on these things, and it's going to uh, it's going to become some changes and some growing pains. But, uh, yes, we will make it work. And uh, <laughs> let me tell you all, folks, I am one compl- computer illiterate. <laughs> let me tell you, my computer for 30-plus years was a fish finder. I looked at that thing, and I knew how to make it work. I pushed the button that said on, and that's how I made it work. <laughs> I'm at the end of the story. Okay. <laughs> so, so on the, the little snippet of our uh, call yesterday where we were trying to go through and, and figure out how to get you on Zoom and test it, there is a part in there, there. You did. There is a part in there where I absolutely died laughing. And 
I wish this was something that you all could have seen because this was absolutely hysterical. I told him the sound quality might be better with a mic. And he's like, oh, hang on. And he starts rumbling and fumaging around and grabs a red handheld receiver. That's my red phone. From, from old school. I had a telephone in the 1980s that had a cord and was hooked into the wall telephone receiver. And it's made to plug into your cell phone so you can hold the phone up to your head and have the old school handle cradle mm-hmm. phone receiver. And he, so he puts this red phone receiver up to his head and I lost it. It was the funniest thing I had ever seen. Um, but you can, hold it it is, your, you can hold it with your shoulder. Yeah, you can just, you know, old school, you can just get that phone neck going on and crank it over there and, and hold the, the handset with your shoulder. But it cracked me up because I have not seen one of those, let alone I didn't even know. I think it's hysterical that it's a novelty item that you can buy that actually plugs into your damn cell phone. So for those of us who grew up with those types of phones, it's more nostalgic and you can feel, you know, back in the old days and the good old days when you held the receiver in your hand. Oh, I've got the old rotary <laughs> dial phones around the house. Yeah, but they don't plug into your cell phone. <laughs> that one plugged into your cell phone. Yep. That was I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I was yep. like, what is that? It worked. It works. <laughs> it did work, and I could hear you better that way. Um, it just we would just have to to tweak the how how far away you were, like what angle you had it tilted, probably tilted down below your chin where the the headpiece is up on your ear, but then the mouthpiece is down a little bit below your chin would probably maybe work, but Sound like a pedophile going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. I know. (laughs) Yeah, that and and it was also so loud. There was the reverberation there, too, a little bit. But but the quality, like minus the the reverberation and the other stuff, the sound quality of you on that was better than the sound quality of just you on your speakerphone um, talking that way. Mm -hmm. So. But that's where we'll we'll play with that. We'll we'll keep working on that technology and find some mics and stuff that will work for the phone, so you can have your headset and your mic on, and still have the phone where they can see you, kind of thing. Um, and ultimately, you're supposed to be getting a new phone, so that will help that whole process. I'll get a new phone but, here pretty quick. Yep, and then when you get a new laptop someday, um, that will also help because the Zoom call on a laptop with your Wi-Fi is way better than your phone. Yeah, I got to get uh, whatever you got and get one of them. Cause see, I'll have a I new like one. Mine will be better than yours. Okay. <laughs> I paid a lot of money for my damn little thing. I maxed that sucker out with everything I could. But I've got a Surface Pro um, is what I ended up purchasing. And off the top of my head, I don't remember what model it is. It's this year's model, so the 2020 model of the Surface Pro. And it is... I maxed it out. Like I said, I have to do the video editing on it. I have to do graphics on it. I have to do the audio editing for the podcast on it. I, we're recording on it right now. Um, I hook in headsets and microphones and all kinds of stuff to it, and I had to make sure that it was able to do it. Plus, I do have to do these Zoom calls and stuff. So um, I had a friend that has uh, one of the cheaper, thinner, lighter component versions of it that did not it could not really support uh, a multi-video call where there was four or five individuals on there. Um, it kept kind of lagging out and, and getting goofy. So, yeah, for, for these little guys, they're awesome for portability and everything else. But if you if you want to be able to truly use it to do everything that your old PC and everything else used to do for you, you you've got to 
put all the bells and whistles into it, and it came with a pretty hefty little price tag, unfortunately. But uh, but yeah, no, I mean, we can get you. I'm, I am all for it, man. Like, let's buy you a new phone. Let's get you a new computer. Let's get you up to speed on technology because it would make my life so much easier. <laughs> that work. works for me, too. That's a kind of a selfish <laughs> reason to want to do it, but <laughs> uh, it'll make my life and the show so much easier. And sound better. Yep. And <laughs> tell John you want some hive jive chow. 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 Yeah. No, no chow. Chow's bad. <laughs> Big league bubble gum, bubble yum chew okay. is all you can have. Okay. It's all for you. Otherwise, no chow. Mm-hmm. Unless it's turkey jerky. Turkey jerky or deer jerky, that'd be okay, because that's that's actual things you're supposed to eat instead of drugs and toxins that you should not be putting in your body. Sounds good to um, me. All righty, sounds good to me, too. Well, hey, you know what? what? We should shut up and get off here. <laughs> I think Shannon's ready to go eat breakfast. Yeah, probably so. All right, wrap us up, Mr. Ken. Family, thank y'all so very, very much. We appreciate everything. Thank you so very much. Y'all be kind, be good, stay safe and healthy. And, John, you take it from there. Be good, everybody. Bye-bye. Be good. Bye-bye. This Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you. And we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, you truly are the bee's knees.